Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you feel like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. And not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hi, this is Imran Ahmed, founder and CEO of the Business of Fashion. Welcome to the BOF podcast. It's Friday, February 2nd. As founder of Harlem's Fashion Row, Brandis Daniel is a change agent. For more than 15 years, she has been working to bridge the gap between the fashion industry and Black and Latinx designers who often don't come from famous fashion schools like Parsons or FIT. But following the surge in interest in diversity, equity, and inclusion after the murder of George Floyd, there are growing headwinds which are stalling progress. We've regressed so far, so fast. It's really disappointing, especially in an industry that's supposed to be cutting edge. How can you be innovative without addressing DEI? This week on the BOF Podcast, I sit down with Brandis to discuss how the industry can foster real change. Here's Brandis Daniel on the BOF Podcast. Well, hello, Brandis. Thank you for joining us this week on the BOF Podcast. I have been a fan of your work from afar for quite some time now. And so I'm really eager to dive in today and learn the backstory behind (laughs) how it all came together. But, 
You know, we have listeners of this podcast in over 150 countries around the world. So I wanted to start with some basic foundational information, which is in very, very succinct form. What is Harlem's fashion role? What do people need to know about this organization that you've been building since 2007? First of all, Imran, I've been one of your biggest fans since, I think, since the beginning of when you were sending out the newsletter. So it is such an honor to be here. Harlem's Fashion Row is a premier agency that acts as a bridge between designers of color, mostly Black and Latinx designers, and retailers and brands. And so we do that in a few different ways through product collaborations that we bring to the market together. We also do that through really incredible events, whether they're events around thought leadership, like our Black History Month Summit, or whether they are our premier event, which is our New York Fashion Week event, where we actually get a chance to show the collections of three to four designers. In addition to that, we also provide some pipeline solutions to brands as well. Got it. And for those who are not aware, tell us about Harlem. Harlem is this kind of legendary place in the, in the kind of American firmament. But what do people need to know about Harlem? Harlem is a hub of creativity. Even though it's actually a part of Manhattan, when you get off on 125th Street, you know that you have landed somewhere different. The sound, the smell, the atmosphere, the people, the clothes, the environment, all of it breathes just this incredible cultural creativity that was really inspired by the Black people who really have been in that community for decades. You know, I'm not from Harlem. I'm actually from Memphis. But when I moved to Harlem, I knew immediately that I had just stepped into somewhere really, really special. Yes. I mean, I have spent a little bit of time in Harlem and it's famous for certain restaurants and chefs. But what I'm really looking to understand today is a little bit about the fashion culture and history in Harlem. So you just mentioned right now, you're actually not even from Harlem. You're from Memphis. So let, let's go into your backstory a little bit. How did you make this move? You're not from a fashion background. Nope. You know, you, you call yourself in a way like the ultimate outsider, fashion outsider. I am. And, you know, Memphis is your home. Tell us a bit about the journey that brought you to New York City and brought you to Harlem's Fashion Row and creating this organization. Sure. So I was living in Memphis really wanted to work in fashion. So I knew I needed to move to New York City. My dream was to actually work for a luxury brand. That was my big, big goal to work for Louis Vuitton or to work for Gucci. And so I moved from Memphis to New York, moved to Harlem, lived there for two years. While I was there, I was working in apparel production. So the very behind the scenes, non-glamorous part of fashion, traveling to Asia all the time, going to visit factories, negotiating with factories, working on actually the Victoria's Secret account was the account that I was working on at the time. 
And so while I was in Harlem, there were all of these, again, new restaurants popping up. There were these new things that were happening. Me and my friends were getting together, throwing what we called the hottest Harlem house party in my brownstone, where we would have like 200 people, creatives come over and we would dance the night away. I was also hosting Harlem brunches where we would bring young professionals together. It was just you could feel like something was bubbling up that was happening that was really special in Harlem. But I did not see at the time that there was a fashion scene there. And so I went to a fashion show in Brooklyn. And while I was there, I thought, you know what? I'm going to do this in Harlem. And because I didn't know any better, I got that idea in May of 2007. I executed it in August of 2007 because no one told me (laughs) that a fashion show took a lot longer than three months to pull together. But we did. We pulled it together. We hosted it in Harlem at a restaurant in Riverbank Park. It was actually over capacity, the very first event we ever did. It was written up in a small little write-up in Women's Wear Daily and Style.com when Style.com was around. And when I started working on the second show, I was specifically looking for black designers and could not find them. So I started going down the websites of like all of our major department stores and realized that less than 1% of the designers that were on those websites at the time were designers of color. However, we were spending, when I say we African-Americans were spending $22 billion a year on apparel. And that was when I really got my aha moment. You know, sometimes you don't really find your purpose. Your purpose finds you. It usually happens when you're really passionate about something and you discover a problem. And for me, it was a problem that I just, I didn't feel like I was qualified to provide an answer, but I knew I could not at least try. And that was really the birth of HFR. So that is a really interesting Genesis story because I believe in that idea of, Sometimes your purpose can find you. Tell me, when you when you went onto those websites of those big department stores and you found that only 1% of the designers were designers of color, with the experience and understanding that you've got now, the history of more than 15, 16 years of running this organization, what have been the barriers that have historically gotten in the way of having designers from marginalized backgrounds break into the mainstream of fashion? Because it's not, you and I know, it's not a lack of creativity. It's not a lack of passion or interest. There are other systemic barriers that have historically come in the way. Tell me about those barriers. I would say there were three. The first barrier is connections and access. This industry is predicated on kind of an introduction, being invited into certain rooms. And for so long, designers of color just weren't given the access. So that's one piece of it. The second part is funding. You know, you need to have a strong financial backing to be able to go into a department store, to be able to handle any chargebacks or be able to support the department store with marketing. That takes some funding. And the third thing that I would say is you have to kind of look at the pipeline as well. So when you look at kind of the percentage of black students that were coming out of schools like Parsons in 2007, when I started, that percentage was so tiny, Imran. If it was more than 5%, 
that would probably be really generous. So there's also a pipeline challenge in terms of proper fashion education. So in in thinking about those three barriers, and I think that, you know, that really sums it up very nicely. How have you at the organization at Harlem's Fashion Row tried to address each of those barriers? So one of the things that we've done is we just did a program actually for Saks Fifth Avenue. So they're looking for more designers of color to come into their department store. So what we did was because we have over 2000 designers of color in our database, we then brought about 50 designers to them that they could then meet with for four weeks. And during those weeks, they really prepared the designers and gave them the information they need to know to be carried in department stores. So we've really, you know, tried to be, again, a bridge between the department store and the designers of color. We also host a designer retreat every year. So we've done that for the past five years. We have 75 top designers coming to New York And what we do is we give them a whole day of programming. But on the second day, we do what we call industry stops. So we take them into the department stores. We take them into IMG. Sometimes we've taken them into the CFDA office as well, just to kind of start to bridge that relationship. In terms of funding, we started a nonprofit, Icon360, which provides grants to designers of color. We got a $1 million grant in 2020 from Vogue and the CFDA, which helped us to really get that off the ground. And then the pipeline, what we've done is said, you know what, how do we make HBCU fashion departments stronger? How do we go to, instead of trying to get more black students to the Parsons and FIT, how about we go to where the students are and make those departments stronger? So we've been able to donate over a million dollars to HBCU fashion departments We also host something called HBCU Fashion Summits, where we pair brands up with HBCUs. So Tiffany & Co. is partnered with North Carolina A&T. We have Levi's partnered with Clark. We've got Tapestry, who's also partnered with Bowie. So that has also been really helpful in kind of bridging that gap in terms of talent. We'll be right back with more on the BOF Podcast. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. 
You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you feel like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. And not just any experts, specialised experts. Real people who love this stuff, with real, hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder or step out in that streetwear, you'll realise that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? For me, I got a chef-grade range recently, and now I'm cooking new things every single night. Seriously, no cuisine is off-limits. The point is, when we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. I can picture myself with a car full of groceries, cruising down the highway, soaking up the sun with the available dynamic sky panorama glass roof. Ah, pure bliss. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX. Luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. So you mentioned 2020 just now, and I'm curious to know, you you founded this organization back in 2007, as you mentioned, and then, you know, the racial reckoning of 2020 happened. And with the tragic murder of George Floyd and the, the kind of conversations around race and diversity and inclusion that, you know, really became a global movement. How did that change things for you as an organization? It changed things drastically, Imran. Up until that point, we weren't working with a lot of retail or fashion brands. We were working with other brands outside of, you know, whether it was a Verizon or different other types of brands We had done a collaboration with Nike and LeBron James, and we had worked with Banana Republic and Gap Inc. Outside of that, we didn't really have any any other uh, retail or fashion relationships. In 2020, that changed. So our business went solely (laughs) retail and fashion brands. I was probably on calls all that year with either CEOs, of retailers or C-suite executives as they looked around and said, oh my goodness, I thought that we were so diverse. However, I never thought about diversity in terms of race. Brandis, I'm just now realizing we don't have any black people on our board. I'm just realizing we don't have any black top executives in our company. Do you have people you can recommend And so I think HFR that year really became a safe space for a lot of brands and retailers 
Now, we were also very particular, Imran, in terms of who we work with, because we wanted to be sure that we weren't working with companies who felt the pressure and wanted to do something for the moment. You know, I was having conversations, but I was saying to brands, hey, I need to know that you're in this next year, two years from now, this is all going to cool down. And I need to have your word that this is something you're actually committed to. And how could you tell, Brandis, the difference between the people who were just trying to take kind of quick knee-jerk actions as opposed to people who had like a proper reckoning and realized that actually there was a lot more work to be done in terms of inclusion? One of the main ways, I had a brand who... Before we even came up with the plan of how they we could work together, they wanted to meet with my publicist to talk about putting out a press release. And I ended up turning that. I mean, it was a nice sum of money that they wanted to provide. But that for me said, oh, this isn't a brand that's actually serious about doing the work. They want to let people know that they're trying to do the work. They're they're more interested in a press release than they are really the work. And so a lot of times I knew based on the team that I spoke with and when I kind of heard their intention. You know, some of the brands at that time, they had already met as a team and were really thoughtful about their approach before they ever reached out to us. Then there were other brands who reached out to us who were very honest and said, Brandis, we don't even know where to start. I also love that because it came from a place of just authenticity and realness. And then from there, I can say, you know what? Well, let's work through this together. But it was very easy to tell during those days kind of who was wanting to do very performative work versus who actually was interested in doing the work. And you know what, Imran? I wasn't right 100% of the time. (laughs) Because some of the people who I thought were really committed, you know, even now, they've gone very quiet. This is what I wanted to talk to you about, because in the wider discourse around DEI in the United States, with a Supreme Court judgment that pushed back against affirmative action, with some of the other narrative around diversity and inclusion, which is if in some circles has become a negative phrase. Now that we're, you know, four years almost, if you you can imagine, it's almost been four years since COVID and four years since George Floyd, with a bit of distance from that moment in the heat where everyone felt the pressure and with the kind of shifting narrative around DEI in the US, like what's your assessment about where we stand? How are things, have they really changed? Imran, what I realize is that the companies who are doing the work before 2020, they are still doing the work. The companies who were not doing the work before 2020, there are probably about half of those that came in 2020 hot and heavy and have really moved back and distanced themselves from DEI work. But the thing is, what people don't realize is that, especially when it comes to Black consumers, McKinsey released a study in 2020, and they talked about the fact that by the year 2030, Black consumers in the U.S. are going to spend over $70 billion on apparel. $70 billion on apparel. And because of what happened in 2020, 
Yes, the industry changed, brands changed, but what people don't realize is that people of color, African-Americans, we changed. And the change that happened in us, that has stayed. And that change is, you know what? We're going to have to support each other. So in that same study, the McKinsey study, it talks about the fact that Black consumers are three times more likely to buy something or to switch brands if it's a Black-owned or Black-founded brand. That was not the case before 2020. How do I know that? Because I have lots of girlfriends before 2020, and I have been preaching this from the mountaintops to support Black designers and Black businesses. But after 2020, you saw it. All my girlfriends started wearing items from Black founders or Black creatives or Black designers. And so what brands need to realize is there is a real opportunity here. We just did a collaboration. That collaboration was, again, one of the most successful collabs that they did at that retailer. Every collaboration we've ever done has always overperformed and over-indexed for the retailer. Why? Because we're giving consumers an opportunity to shop with a Black designer, Right. But in a store that they know that they're familiar with and at a price point that is actually approachable, it is honestly a winning formula. And so the brands who really don't understand that they're going to miss out on a huge revenue opportunity over the next few years. Yes. I mean, there is a commercial or business incentive towards DEI, but there's also a moral and ethical incentive. And I guess I just worry that you know, in an election year, when all of these topics are going to become front and center again, in a very, very divisive environment, that somehow, you know, we did this, um, Sheena Butler Young, whom I know, you know, from our team did some analysis recently on, you know, how brands should navigate an environment where, you know, they have to talk to two different kinds of customers, you know, like right leaning customers or left leaning customers. And if you wanted to connect with those customers, there was a bunch of topics that you just, they were advised not to talk about because it's going to be polarizing. And so I think in an environment where brands are having to be so conscious about every word they use, like there's a lot of pushback against DEI in this environment where everything has become so politically charged. It is. And honestly, you know, when I think about it, because we were making such great progress, it's disheartening. It really is. You know, when I talk to designers today and, you know, 2020 designers were being contacted by buyers from so many different retailers and a lot of those designers, whether they were carried in the store, they're not supported any longer. The retailers dropped the collection, no explanation. And the fact that now retailers have to be so kind of conscious of where they support and the words that they use and how they show up in the market. It'll be really interesting to see where we are in the next few years. And the fact that, you know, we've regressed so far, so fast is really disappointing, especially in an industry that's supposed to be cutting edge. You know, we're, we're the ones who are supposed to be innovative, You know, how can you be innovative without addressing DEI? So where does Harlem's Fashion Row go from here in this environment where things are regressing, 
where DEI has become politicized, where people are perhaps not feeling the same pressure they felt back in 2020? Like, what do you, as the leader of this organization, do now? My focus is on consumers, Imran, because what I know for sure is that consumers hold the power. And so that is where our focus is. That's, you know, we launched a fashion and color book again for consumers. We launched recently a fashion and color show for consumers. We're going directly to consumers. In terms of us and brands, we actually have a lot of brand support. Even still in 2024, this is actually going to be one of our best years. And so the good thing is that I started Harlem's Fashion Row way before 2020. And so I know that if we made it from 2007 to 2020, we will continue to work with brands who believe in the work that we're doing. There are still so many brands out there that are still doing the work and that they're not afraid to have the conversation around race. And they understand that, yes, there's a moral obligation, but then there's also a real business opportunity. So what advice do you give to those executives at these big brands that are committed, but are trying to navigate this minefield? What should they, a leader, a business leader, a creative leader of a big fashion organization, what should they be doing? Lean into storytelling. Stories connect us, all of us. It doesn't matter what your background is. And so when you're working on a project around DEI, Go into the person's story, go into the brand story, go into the creative story. And if you do that, it is so powerful and it transcends race and it transcends all of these kind of barriers that we put up between ourselves. And for those designers of color looking to break through that might be facing those challenges that you mentioned earlier around access and funding and pipeline, what do you advise those designers to do? It takes a lot. You have to take a lot of risk, Imran. Like this industry, as you know, is not easy. You have to be willing to send the email to the person or to the CEO or to the one who, you know, no one's supposed to email them. You have to be willing to do that and ask for the support that you need. I mean, that was the start of HFR. Every relationship, most relationships that we got were cold emails that I sent out to people and asked for a conversation. So I always encourage designers to really think outside the box and to do the outreach. There are still so many people in this industry that want to help, that want to support. You have to find those people and stay in touch with them. Because this, you know, fashion has been a very kind industry for me. But I think it's because I've approached it in that way. I've assumed that people wanted to help us. I've assumed that people wanted to support our work. And that has really paid off in a big way. You know, we've had some things happen that, quite frankly, are bigger than anything I could have dreamt, <laughs> you know, partnering with LVMH North America and having Tom Ford speak at our Black History Month events. All of those were things that happened through just pure outreach. Yes. Well, your story is inspiring, not just because you're doing such meaningful work, but that you have managed to connect something that you were passionate about from a very young age with a deep sense of purpose. So I guess I was also curious to have your wisdom and advice on like as someone who's managed to connect with a really deep 
sense of purpose? Like how how do you advise others who are grappling with that thorny but beautiful philosophical question about like what does my life mean? Like why am I here? How do you advise people to seek and find their sense of purpose? Stay curious. And so often we get an idea or a spark of genius we get, and we get so excited about that. And then the next day, what we start thinking about is the how. Don't worry about the how, just worry about the what and the why. That's it. If you focus on the what and the why and just allow the how to kind of unfold as you just take one step forward, you will see that so many incredible things will happen. When I started Harlem's Fashion Row, I didn't know how this was going to happen. All I knew was that this was something that I had an idea and I felt like I had to do it. And I took it one step at a time. And it does take courage because there are moments where it gets really, really scary. (laughs) Even now, even today. But... My why is so strong. I am so passionate about designers of color winning, about them having more opportunities. Whenever I get discouraged, I call my why. Whenever I think about quitting, I call one of the designers. I never tell them what I'm going through, but when I hear their tenacity, when I hear their passion, when I hear their courage to keep going, it always inspires me to keep going as well. It connects you back with that original spark. Absolutely. That led you to try to organize a fashion show (laughs) in four months. Right. So for people who want to work with Harlem's Fashion Row or who want to get in touch with you, like what's the best way for organizations to reach out to you? And how should they go about exploring the ways they can collaborate with you and HFR? Yeah, they can reach out directly to our team. We're always happy to get on with brands and walk them through everything that we have going on. You can go to our website, harlemsfashionrow.com. You can email us at office at harlemsfashionrow.com. Follow us on Instagram. Send us a message at harlemsfashionrow.com. Brands come to us all the time and say, hey, I got this little bit of an idea, but I don't really know where we're going with it. And we have an incredible team who will look at the idea that they have and come up with the full strategy for the brand. We've had so many great partnerships start in that way. Well, I'm so thrilled that we had this opportunity to chat. Congratulations again on everything that you've managed to do. And of course, if there's any way we at the Business of Fashion can support you and all the good work that you're doing, then please, please let us know. But it's just been really nice to hear the backstory. Thank you so much, Imran. The stories that you continue to run on Business of Fashion, honestly, are incredible. The fact that Sheena continues to write these very thought-provoking stories really helps the work that we do at HFR. So thank you for the work that you do. Thank you so much, and I wish you the best of luck. Thank you. The BOF Podcast is edited and produced by Emma Clark and Eric Bria in the BOF studio team. You know that's the sound of another sale on your online Shopify store. But did you know Shopify powers selling in person too? That's right. Shopify is the sound of selling everywhere. Online, in-store, on social media, and beyond. 
Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash BOF, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash BOF to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash BOF. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? For me, I got a chef grade range recently and now I'm cooking new things every single night. Seriously, no cuisine is off limits. The point is, when we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. I can picture myself with a car full of groceries, cruising down the highway, soaking up the sun with the available dynamic sky panorama glass roof. Ah, pure bliss. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX. Luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all. Jewelry that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.